You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adult men try to comprehend the modern world with the invaluable help of a Generation Z spokesperson. Today, we welcome Ben Cardew back from his trip to Los Angeles, where he went as an RPS correspondent to cover the first edition of Primavera Sound Overseas. I'm so tired that this the seat had better not be too comfortable or you'll be, you'll be losing me to the oblivion of sleep. I feel bad. We should bring some ice for your eyes and stuff, or one of those lovely sort of ice masks. Oh, you know, do you know that, that I, I wore? Problem is, I wore my contact lenses on the plane. Ah, so that's why. Wearing, yeah, yeah. So I they thought are. you were trying a new look, and I was like, oh, interesting. No, yeah. no. Can you not see the, the horrendous red underneath? But so, yeah, contact lenses on the plane. Not I, a good idea. I thought it. I thought it were just like badly hungover and and jet lagged. Um, uh, well, uh, we're going to be hearing all about uh, LA. Our album of the week is Rina Sawayama's Hold the Girl which I think nearly all of us at the table are in love with, but our technician thinks otherwise. And Mar has sharpened her pencils to jot down all that needs to be known about the world of celebrities, those humans we look up to to deal with our own conundrums. Let's get on with it. I have placed a glass egg was a snippet of Ovule, the latest single from Bjork, who is about to drop new album Fosora, her 10th. Oh, I'm so eager. And uh, we recommend you listen to her podcasts talking about her first albums in depth. Um, what uh, what she said about this song, it, Ovule, it is a meditation about us as lovers walking around this world and I imagine two spheres or satellites following us around. It features additional production from El Guincho, which explains why this song has a mild, futuristic, Afro-Caribbean kind of tempo you could fit into a DJ Playero set. And congratulations to El Guincho, who's received three Latin Grammy nominations for his production work on Rosalia's Motomami, by the way. And he's about to receive a baby as well. What? Yes. How do you know that? <laughs> because I follow everyone who is semi-famous in Barcelona and... She, he's dating Alejandra Smith and she's pregnant. Who's Alejandra Smith? Um, I wouldn't know how to express it. An artist, a multidisciplinary artist who's ah. also friends with um, Carlota and Paloma Wool and all that. Carlota crew. Guerrero, the yeah. photographer. Not Carlota Flaner. Not Carlota <laughs> Flaner, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> There's uh, <laughs> many famous Carlotas. Oh, well, congrat double congratulations, he's yeah. going to be a daddy But he never posts anything on, on social, like, of his personal life. He only retweets praise Doesn't, from other people. That's why it's so interesting, like, if you follow the people, then you get the, the little... 
Hey, didn't you find the uh, Hector Bellerin's girlfriend uh, on yeah, Instagram the other day? I did, yeah? Yeah. Have yeah. you learned a lot about, about, about... No, she hasn't accepted my follow request. Ah. But I would tell you all about it here now. And, <laughs> and now all the people that have accepted my follow request and now I'm putting out everything they put out in their Instagram. <laughs> But yeah. In a very respectful way. Exactly. Uh, we, it's just we're like, sure we're you... so happy they're having a baby in that case. Yes. And we would be too if Hector Bellerin was to have a baby. Do you reckon El Gincho will sort of, now that it, when he becomes a dad, he'll sort of go dad rock and stop making all this like, you know, kind of experimental <laughs> kind of pop. And like, go play the stereophonics and Oasis. Oh my God. It might be his... Hey, it could be, you know, well, amazing. Humans tend to soften down a lot when you've got a little baby in your arms and stuff. And, and it usually has affected so many of the records that we've been listening to lately, especially, you know, during pand people who had kids during pandemic. Like, you know, we spoke about Tirza. Uh, I don't know. So many, so many records. I, I, I'm lost. But anyway, speaking of uh, Latin America, uh, Bjork shall be headlining the next three Primavera Sound editions, which are going to take place in Santiago de Chile, um, Buenos Aires in Argentina, and um, Sao Paulo, Sao yeah. Paulo? Sao Paulo in Brazil. Was it Rio? No, Sao Paulo mm -hmm. in Brazil, um, which we're going to be looking forward to. But uh, 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 let's not get ahead of ourselves. What happened last weekend? Primavera Sound LA. Primavera Sound is conquering the world. And Ben was in LA, but we're going to be hearing a lot of that. But shall we quickly, well, quickly, shall we talk about the album of the week first? Yeah, uh, go on. Why yeah, not? Right. Okay, so let's hear a little bit of Rina Sawayama. In giant letters, this is Catch Me in the Air, which has what I think is a Shania Twain kind of mode, or the chorus if pitched to Gwen Stefani, as Pitchfork writer Kat Zank put it in her review. What did you think of the album? Look, look, look at look at Mar. She's she's hey, like, like I love her so much, and I I already know she was going to put out like an album in this level, but being able to finally hear it, it's like. I, I, can, can we be best friends forever and ever? And I love her. She's the best. I love this album. I I can get enough of it. it it's it's it it gets me in a in a good mood, but at the same time, it's a very emotional album. And yeah. and I don't know. I'm always super pro when people talk about their mother daughter relationship, and I feel like it's a lot about that. And I don't know. It's, I love it. This is this is like a record that can really bring mothers and daughters together. Like apart from it being, it can become like the greatest wine mom anthemic album for you know when 
the kind of wine moms that get together on 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 a Thursday night, you know, whatever, and like ah, this is like finally we can stop listening to Britney Spears albums all over again or Lady Gaga's. We can now we have a new record to the canon of wine mumness, and and it can unite Gen Z moms with sorry Gen X moms with uh, Gen Z daughters. I gotta say, Rina Sawayama is like in in. How famous she is is kind of a mystery because she appears to be like incredibly famous. Um, is she? But but is it, she? It, yeah. We talked but, to her in in uh, the interview we did with her. Ben, remember I asked her like, "You're major within the girls and the girls, uh, the girls and the gays like spectrum." Yeah. But when media, like general media outlets talk about you, they talk about you like, oh, she is she gonna break through the mainstream? Mm. And when you're part of a group that idealizes her, it feels to you like she's already the mainstream. She's a, like huge. And and to others who are maybe not in, in this bubble of like music spectrum, they, they don't know who she is or maybe she doesn't feel that mainstream like she feels to me. And she was like, yeah, I don't know. I just love the audience that I have. Like maybe if it maybe it's not considered mainstream to everyone, but I love like the people that have gathered around my music. But is she? Because she doesn't do like the other part of pop, like Rosalia does, which is the PR. Like um, she has a she. Yeah, she has. Does she like? Yeah. Does she have cel- famous friends on Instagram yeah, who like she's tweet like, her and? Elton John is is like she's ah. Elton John's protege. Okay. She yeah. has appeared in Lady Gaga's remix album in Chromatica. Ah. She has like a crew and she's besties also with Charlie XCX. Like it makes a lot of sense. Like it just makes sense the people she's friends with and everyone like I don't know, she is so clever. Ah. Cause, cause, yeah, yeah. No, no, go on, go on, please. Well, because uh, the, the, she's doing it brilliantly in the sense that she's playing festivals like Primavera Sound, where you know it, it, it's a critic, it's critically respected. Uh, as you say, she's got a, affiliations with the, the cool people making hyper pop in the UK. But what I mean is, sometimes to get to the to get to that Midwestern wine mum market, you gotta you gotta play the American PR game of. I don't know, appearing in, uh, having songs in, in television shows, uh, going to some fashion shows or some sporting events. She, That's what I mean. Is she yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. kind of round? Totally. Like, she has been in the front rows of a lot of the fashion weeks that, like the, that uh, have been going on. Okay, she okay. has been to Jimmy Fallon. She has been to... Um, I saw in her TikTok that she went to like a live show in Japan because she is Japanese, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and British, and but she her mother is um and and she has been doing all like the pr pr like okay when when she i think she already did jimmy fallon when she came to primavera sound so we asked her about it a bit okay but i get the feeling that she can still walk down the street without bodyguards no i yeah me uh, to me it's mind-blowing because she is rina sawayama but i think yeah i think but uh, yeah for instance blackpink I don't think they can walk down the no, street without no, security. No, no, no. By yeah. the way, Blackpink also released an album this week, didn't they? Yep. And they're playing Barcelona. Did I see a, a card? <gasps> yeah. I seem to. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 but I, I, I bet it's sold out by now. But oh. last time they played, tickets were amazing. 
immensely expensive. They're about 300 euros. Like What? the resale? Mm -hmm. the, no, 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 no. Like, like the like proper the ticket? Tickets, yeah. Because really? I remember like my, my, my daughter was quite into Blackpink. I was like, oh, maybe that will go. Then there's like 300 euros. No, we won't be going. <laughs> Damn, that's cruel from the promoters. It's like, come on, you know we're going to... like Because like, if, uh, if it's a concert from someone else that's only like, what, 40 euros, like no child is going to be that heartbroken from not seeing a band that only costs 40 euros. I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, <laughs> but, I'm, but you know that a Blackpink fan is like got it on her sleeves and he'll cry like for weeks if he or she doesn't get to go to a Blackpink concert. I've got some stats for you about just how <laughs> famous Rina Sawayama is. Good. Bring Immensely it. I love it. Famous. I want to know how famous. I got stats, right? These don't lie. The last time you did something like that, people were very mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> film it, film it for TikTok. Come on, this is all. Uh, there's nothing there's like no bad filming, publicity, so you can't. <laughs> all right, um, her she has four million monthly listeners on Spotify. That's good. Uh, her most popular song uh, is. Beg for you, oh, Charlie XCX. Yeah. yeah, that's got like basically 60 million. Uh, after that, her second most popular is Excess with 48 million. An anthem, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, good, but not... Amazing. But not Taylor Incredible, you're doing them. Never been done before. She's incredible. Look, She's I love her. I absolutely... Right, do you want me to tell you why I love this album? Because it's incredible. Well, you, yes, but more specifically? Yes, more specific, please right. do. Go on specifics. Okay, so... What she does, basically, she when she talks about the album um, on Apple Music, mm -hmm. she kind of talks about, like, uh, for example, the um, the title track, Hold the Girl, right? I, mm -hmm. I thought this was really, really, really clever, right? Uh, she wrote this with Barney Lister and Johnny Latimer. Uh, uh, first session she ever did with, with Barney. He was producing the song, and I was throwing out all these ideas, like, so I want it to be country, and I want the beginning to sound like Bon Jovi, and I really also want to then do a garage drop, Right. You've got to be pretty smart to sort of think of that, all right? And you've got to be really smart to think of that and make it work, basically. Because that kind of thing, like, I think I said this when we, we, we spoke to her, like, you know, it, it, on paper, sometimes what you do sounds like absolutely goddamn terrible, but it yeah. works really, really well. Yeah. And she also says, like, they did, like, uh, like 40 versions of this song to get it right. So oh. it's like having the vision to do it and then having the skill to actually to to make it work. The other thing is that interestingly, some of the reviews for this album, which I which I don't agree with, but some of them have said uh, it's um, a bit boring. What? Which, no Very one, boring. <laughs> no, but I, I don't certainly don't think it's boring. But what I think is maybe is that basically with her first album, she was like, right, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. Right, check this out. Like, I can do this, this you know, garage uh new metal kind of you know what whatever yeah hybrid exactly and so now when she comes out with a bon jovi country garage hybrid people are like oh yeah that's just rena sawayama doing what what she does if you see what i mean so yeah. she doesn't kind of get like that novelty which is kind of really unfair because it's still like well who, who else does that kind of thing and who else can, does it does it really well so that's maybe why i think some people have been saying that um but uh she produces So incredible, incredible fusions here, and just amazing songs as well. Yeah, you know, um, like her vocal delivery on all throughout the album mm -hmm. is so powerful. It's like you can tell she's in a very confident mm -hmm. headspace, yeah. and it and it's a joy to listen to you because it's contagious. It's like, oh yes, 
you know, if you're, if you're ever feeling a little bit low in your self-esteem or whatever, just play this record. And if you have a driver's license and you're lucky enough to own a, 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 disc, a convertible. Which is none of us. None right? of us. But, yeah, you know, okay. or on a bicycle like I do. Ride the bike, you know, with your, you shouldn't ride a you bicycle shouldn't. with headphones. It's dangerous. <laughs> but there's so many Carril Bithis now. Uh, bike lanes, it's kind of safe. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> especially with the scooters. They're so silent. They creep up on you. Um, but yes, if you have, or if you can imagine yourself like Thelma and Louise driving off the cliff mm. and like, oh, I don't care. I just love life i'm gonna end it uh, johan I, I there's something that i think maybe you already know this but there's something that's going to make you love this album even more right guess who features on frankenstein who matt from block party what yes matt tong the drummer yes because he's no that. longer he left block party he left which is like damn he was one of like the best drummers of that generation like matt tong he's Whoa. back on frankenstein oh he's playing live drums or is he like doing something else that because these live Spotify drums, credits yeah, don't it, really and this is all this is from apple music where she sort of goes through song by song oh and uh, she did uh she had two days in studio with paul Epworth, and we wrote frankenstein the first day and this hell on the second which says um for me, it's about the work we did with Block Party. It's actually Matt Tong playing drums on this track, which is insane. I grew up going to gigs around my area in Camden, and it was one of the best, most hedonistic and chaotic times of my life, and I want to reference that frantic energy. Wow. Wow, that's blown my mind. Now, for some reason, I believe that she'd got all the new metal out of her system on her debut, but no. On track seven, Your Age has some, some of the ingredients that every late 90s, late 90s frat boy metalhead would sprinkle into their wannabe Nine Inch Nails version of what future metal should sound like. Yet with her, it doesn't completely suck. It, fa it, it fits her vision of what a giant pop record should be in 20 2022. She must have listened to enough Linkin Park records or Block Party, because sometimes Block Party could also turn up the guitars into a, I wouldn't say metal-y kind of texture, but an e certainly an emo kind of texture. And uh, she she can bend the genre into her own discourse. I'm 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 all for it. Well, no, uh, she says your age started off with a banjo riff, but is massively inspired by Nine Inch Nails. So there we go. There we go. Yeah, it's all there. It's it's all very on the sleeve. I mean, uh, you can say everything. Lady Gaga, Shania Twain, mm -hmm. even Celine Dion, uh, Paramore. I'm hearing Paramore on which one? Imagining. Uh, it has that kind of hyper pop emo with distorted vocals. You know, I can imagine Haley Williams singing it, but. There's like lots of things going on in that song, but and maybe the result isn't as amazing, but at least she did it and she pulled it off. What did you do today? I made it. <laughs> There's know. also a big sort of uh, theme about uh, religious schools in the, middle of, yeah. in the middle of the album, which I find quite interesting as well. Ooh. Yeah, in, in Dear John or something like that. Send my love to John, yeah. The, uh, that oh, one, yeah, that's a powerful one. Yeah. That apparently is about a friend of hers who is gay and his parents um, have... Are really homophobic yeah oh. and then one day uh rena's friend was on the phone with with their mum and at the end of the call uh their mum said uh okay i'll speak to you soon and send my love to john and john is like the long-term boyfriend and basically it's like what rena is saying is like you know her friend probably wants the parents to say sorry for being homophobic and they're never going to do that but this is like their way mm. of, of you know um Ac acknowledging yeah, and so basically this is, she's written the song from the perspective of a parent who regrets not supporting their child to the fullest extent, which is quite a beautiful thing, isn't it's, it? But yeah, the, the thing that got me a lot with this album is the way I was listening to all the lyrics, which I normally don't when I'm listening to music. I just 
get like the vibe and I don't really focus that much on lyrics, which is a shame, but I have like ADHD or something that <laughs> doesn't allow me to focus. <laughs> and in this album, I was like hyper focused on everything she was saying and it was so powerful and and very like heart wrenching in all of them. But at the same time, it was like I've healed from this and this is the conclusion. Like the the conclusion I made out of this experience of like I don't think I well I think it she already said it but it's like a way of healing her inner child and coming to terms with um the way she I don't know was brought up and understanding also the point of view of her mother but at the same time maybe disagreeing in some things I oh, how she put it out there and she shared that with everyone and I'm like you. You didn't have to do that, but thank you. Like, I really enjoyed everything you put out. Also, like. Holy Till You Let Me Go, I think, is really beautiful. She's talking about going to a Church of England school um, and basically uh, there are relation with religion, spirituality, and what it's like at a Christian girls' school and, and um, the idea that girls are holy until a certain point of their life and then they're not, which is like... What? What a sort of, it reminds me a bit of um, It's a Sin by the Pet Shop Boys, which is like mm. a wonderful thing, you know, that kind of like coming to terms with your childhood and, mm -hmm. and what people have said about you and looking back on it and that catharsis. Mm. Uh, and I, I love It's a Sin, so uh, that is a pretty big comparison from me. And I can imagine this being very ubiquitous in, in, in queer discos, you know, all over the world. It has that kind of build up into this epic, dramatic, euro dancey tune. You know, it, it, I, can, I, can, I can hear it. I can hear it being played in, in Pride marches. I would like to go to a disco where they play this. <laughs> yeah. Where would they Me play too. this? Where would they play this I, in Barcelona? Gay Champa? Never. Never. I, I, Barcelona is kind of... <laughs> no, but because you don't go to the bars in, in, a, okay, in LA Champla. Just, <laughs> just show me where I have the, to go. The disco pubs. <laughs> the, it's because I'm from Tormolinos, which, has, which boasts one, one of the first uh, gay... Um, disco bar areas in Spain in from the 60s I think they were there they you know and even in Franco during Franco's regime so I remember it was very you know as teenagers we were always like around that area and stuff because it was very close to the other mm, mm, bars or whatever disco pubs and everything it was all Termolinos was a very hedonistic town uh, back when I was growing up and uh, so I'm very used to this kind of sound like blur blurring out of bars and stuff it made me feel kind of at home <laughs> Well, <laughs> 10 out of 10. I don't know if anything, anyone has anything bad to say. I think they're wrong. Well, don't um, talk to Rob, our technician. <laughs> Rob, is, Rob says he's not, he's not very... Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> he says she's fusil fusilando. She's copying too much. But I think pop is in a, a continual dialogue with the past. And you've got to... Well, you can make future sounding pop, obviously, like, you know, like PC music and stuff like that. But I think Rina is more ambitious. She doesn't want to stay being niche. She but wants this, to be big. This is future sounding. I mean, it references the it past, is. but in like kind of like weird, weird, unexpected ways. You know, I, I thought it was, it was very futuristic. Should we listen to um, This Hell? Yes. Yay. Yes.
That is Chai, who, for me, I've got to say, were one of the absolute revelations of Primavera Sound LA. Do you know them? Oh, we, well, we discussed... Well, uh, uh, were you at the first weekender? I, I remember her at no. them at Primavera Sound Weekender, and we were all like, wow, what incredible uh, entertainers and talented musicians. Wonderful Chai. Oh, and, I wasn't and at it, the first weekender. Ah, uh, you were yeah, No, that. I know, you couldn't make it. Well, they were amazing, and they were a bit more... Uh, they, they, now they've just, as, as you were telling us in some of your reports when you sent one of your audio notes, they have talk about adapting as many styles as possible into your own thing. Wow. Well, I like, I, I kind of came at them blind because I didn't really know all that much about them, and so I kind of I came into their set about ten minutes late, and they were doing like a sort of like disco dance pop kind of <laughs> song, and I was like, oh, yeah. right, okay, this is what they sound like, and then like they did like three really tough house numbers <laughs> and they did a cover of the Spice Girls wannabe <gasps> then they did like this this big grunge thing then they did a rap I was like what the hell are they going to do next literally they could have done anything like they could have come out and done some speed core and you wouldn't have been surprised or like ambient dub or something um, and they were dressed in just this amazing amazing way and it was just I, I, I felt utterly in love with them I thought they were brilliant One probably I'm not necessarily saying the best band of the festival, but maybe my favorite, but the one. Do that like a top three, like I'm. I, you sold this perfectly. I think I, I'm going to cry. And okay. <laughs> I haven't seen them. I feel like they encapsulate something I would really, 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 really want to see. I think you would really, really enjoy them. Okay, I'm gonna go top three. Chai. Chai is, to, is three or first one. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Huh? Uh, so uh, are we oh, starting in, in from the, the bottom? Yeah, in the ranking, are yeah. they in the third place? Yeah. In the. Uh, no. All right. Okay. Let's say. Well, it depends. It's like what it is. What did I enjoy more, or what more surprised you decide, me? You, okay, you can right. explain okay. the reasoning. I'm gonna go Stereo Lab Chai Mitski. Okay. Whoa. Stereo Lab. What? Tell us about it. Right. Stereo Lab are um, one of my favorite groups from the '90s, um, and they. I've seen them live a few times, and they just have incredible incredible songs they reformed like a few years ago and they're playing live and it's just like it's a, it's such a total pleasure privilege to see them because yeah. they're one of those bands that like when they split up I was like mm, yeah Stereo Lab because they've been around for so long and then like when they when they were gone I was like oh Stereo Lab why do we absolutely love them Tyler loves them as well um, and um, they and Pharrell ex exactly exactly and they they came on and they played like um uh, they have like a sort of very driving side, but they also have a weird space jazz kind of side. And they came and did this this set of like weirdly space jazz music while the sun set over the Californian hills. And they were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, like, like I really, really, really just enjoyed them. And I kind of like, um, I knew... The, the reason they were at three is I knew I was going to enjoy them. You know what I mean? There was, there was very little surprise. I mean, maybe it was like the one I actually had the most sort of solid enjoyment kind of feelings of but like it was no surprise like i knew i, I knew i was going to enjoy them and have well, you ever seen leticia so like like rock starry like she was wearing her sunglasses I, I don't know i just saw a photo and she's wearing this kind of animal print kind of shirt silky shirt 
Usually she was always quite nerdy dressing, or that's my memory of Leticia before no, they disbanded. No, she was always cool as you like. She, she was, was like always the coolest cool. person in in indie pop. But she always like at least two of the times I saw her, she dressed like the typical teacher who listens to Manel here in Barcelona. <laughs> you know, like you know, just like uh, like an indie teacher, like just a normal tweet, not tweeish, but not really like caring too much about. And here she, I don't know, I like you know what? Uh, we're stereotype. We're a big deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna like. No, but sort of more... still, like, you know, <laughs> uh, not big-headed in any way. Like, somebody went, uh, somebody sort of shouted, oh, Letitia, we love you. And she went, oh, thank you. Uh, and we love you too. <laughs> that was my French accent, if there's any other. Well, um, we're in luck because they're coming to Barcelona yes! in November. Yay! Yes! Yay! So, right, it's a primavera tour. Yep. We're getting free. <laughs> Good. Um, and so... I'm really excited now because you said it was your top three, so uh, I'm not missing that. I, I dropped the Tyler word as well. I thought that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. word for you. And also, <laughs> it also, was an important fact for me. So here's the fact: like one of the really interesting things about the festival, and I think I've said this before, was like basically it was divided into over and under twenty ones, so you could really tell who was popular with 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 young mm, people. The youngers. Yeah, like so, Pink Panther is massively popular with young people. Arctic is Monkey. it not in your top three, Pink Panther is? Like, so, she's not on your... She hasn't made it to the... like, five? Okay. Five. Okay. She okay. was really, she was really, really good. Really good. She's hilarious. She's absolutely she hilarious. <laughs> that's why she's so... I feel like that's part of her charm. Like, she's absolutely, insanely hilarious. Well, she's like a stand-up comedian, you said, in, in one of your... Yeah, li li literally, like, you know... Um, you know some people who just sound funny because that, that was the thing like like I, dry humor like she's not really, making a yeah. joke but she's actually saying something super funny yeah because I, I was trying to like think of a line that she said and when I actually like thought of the line in my head it's like well that doesn't sound very funny but it was I promise you it was like genuinely hilarious you know those kind of people who talk that way and what was really interesting I thought was basically she started off with her DJ and her DJ was kind of playing things her DJ looked really and then um, <laughs> Pink Panther came on she looked really nervous yeah um, and it was almost like Everyone, like, she was trying to work out, like, because she's, you know, speech marks, TikTok sensation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, how does that work live? How does that work live on a big festival stage? And it was almost like the first song was trying to work out, like, well, how does that actually work? And then, like, by the end of it, she was like, oh, this is how it works. And everyone kind of understood it. It's like, all right, this works absolutely perfectly. Um, and that was because, like, she looked really nervous. And then she just, like, started talking and talking and talking, you know, and, like, making jokes. And it was, it was fantastic. But still five. Because okay. there was some, there was some very, uh, there was some very, very good things. Yeah, you said then Stereolab, then Chai, and we know what the reason you love Chai. And then my mother, Mitzi, <laughs> <laughs> you have Mitzi. to tell me everything, every second of that set because I should have been there. Okay, so um, Mitzi is one of those people. I, I particularly, I, I was. A, bit late to her like but and i really really like her newest album laurel hell that's like one of my albums of the year uh -huh. um and she uh basically played quite a lot of that and and i have you seen her? have either of you seen her live no because no. she's never come to spain never I think. comes and everyone wants her to come yeah okay so i i remember like reading somewhere that she was quite theatrical live i was like okay and she is theatrical like literally doing mime at like, one point literally she did that trapped in a box mime <laughs> and i was like okay mm. okay i mean like she didn't address the crowd for the first 
seven numbers or something wow. like that. Okay. And she was doing all this, you know, like dance moves and like theatrical moves and my moves and that kind of thing. And it was it was one of those things where I was like, is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? And but like she's got and and it did work. It did work. It was like okay, like she had like this door on stage, right? Yeah, like this prop door. And I was like, well, what's she gonna do with the door? What's the door there for? You know, like you know, like they say in Chekhov's plays, like there's a revolver there, and you're always like thinking, what's gonna happen with the revolver? It was like that. It was like Chekhov's revolver, but with a door. Because you're like, <laughs> what's she gonna do with the door? Like, was she gonna? Because she didn't come out the door. And the door was just there. And eventually, like in one in one song, she was like knocking on the door, beating on it. And I said, like, oh, that's, that's what she's doing. <laughs> so some poor roadie is carrying this door all over her tour just so that she can knock on it one moment in during a song. She may wow. have done more and I didn't see it because I didn't quite have the best angle at first. I kind of got a bit nearer, n- bit nearer later on. But like for all I could see, from what I could see, all she did with the door was, was knock on it. But also, okay, right. This is very, it's very filmic. And where were we? Hollywood. Exactly. So, like, it worked really, really well. It was very kind of, like, Hollywood kind of set, I thought. Um, And people just went absolutely mad for it. It was just, like, really evident that people had been waiting for her, really wanted to see her. Yeah. And... um, Was Love Me More the last song on the the set? Yeah. Yes. Uh, She started off with... Oh, hang on. Working for the Knife, which is my (gasps) favourite, was second... Yeah. Oh my word! And I also think it was just like she utterly won me over. I tell you what was interesting though, right? It's basically so she was, I guess, playing a kind of role, and then there came a moment where um, I'm not sure if somebody had told her if she had seen. But basically, there was a bit of a crush in the under twenty one zone, right? Um, and so she sort of said, "Hello, I'm Mitski." Uh, and you know, it's great to be here. All of you in the under twenty one zone, can you take a step back? And it was like, so she had to to come out of character for a bit. Mm. And I don't know, maybe she does that normally, as in like she says, hello, I'm Mitski or whatever. Maybe she doesn't. But I was like, everyone went absolutely mad when she was like, hi, I'm Mitski. You're like <laughs> really, really, really mad. Maybe, And I was like, well, maybe she should come out of character more often or, or I... Or that's the magic of it, that she doesn't do it, so you feel special when she does it in your concert. Also, mm. I hate mime. I detest mime. Like, there's, no, like, there's, a, there's a very famous David Bowie concert, which is like one of the best concerts like, ever, legendary. And at one point, he breaks into mime, and I just cannot stand it. <laughs> but she got away with it. She really, really got away with it, just because it was interesting. You know what I mean? It was like really well, brilliant songs. And she was just like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I got the impression she was like, okay, well, this is my interpretation of of, of live music and how, how it should go. And um, yeah, it worked pretty well. Do you know who else was brilliant? Who? who? Shy Girl. She oh. was like oh, such a star. Be- did she have like a pole dance? Or did I see a, a story that, no, that had been. nothing to Bad do? Bad Girl had a pole dance. I, I didn't see Bad Girl. Um, <gasps> How dare you? You're not, not I, Catalan anymore. <laughs> hey, no, I know. I've oh, got, I've, yeah. I'll give you some Catalan credentials. Um, but no, she didn't have a poll. Uh, but she was really big. She's like a star. It was Shy incredible. Girl. Yeah, people were like yeah. screaming at her and they singing along to all the songs and they absolutely loved it. And she was very popular with the under-21s as well. Mm-hmm. Did she not bring Pink Panthers on? or Because the, they, they've been collaborating loads lately on, on, on Miramasa. They, they, Miramasa's new True. album features both of yeah. them on a track. And yeah, and Lil Uzi. Lil and Lil Uzi Vert. Lil Uzi, Shy Girl and Pink Panthers, I Baby thought, Cakes. Yeah, I thought, maybe, yeah, that's it. Great mm. track. No, they, they, they didn't. And do you know who else didn't come on? Who? Willow Smith. Oh, oh yeah. Like, was she there? Did well, you see she Willow? lived in LA. Well, she lived, yeah. But like, Pink Panther was, was like, <laughs> it was quite unfortunate because she went to do that song that she had with Willow Smith. 
and she was like, right, I'm going to do this song with, with, with Willow Smith, but Willow isn't here. And I think everyone in the crowd, myself included, was like, oh, yeah, this is a big double bluff. Willow Smith is so here. <laughs> so and she's going to come out. And like the song went on, mm. and we're like, oh, no, oh, she's not. She's actually not here. Not here. <laughs> and, um, and you're like, well, she lives in LA. Doesn't she? Couldn't she just yes. come up the park? And, and um, not that it mattered. Not that mm. it mattered. Um, I'll tell you how Catalan I am, right? Nuria Graham yes. did really, really well. Wow. So Did people who I imagine didn't know her enjoy her? Like, did you see people who were like the kind of people that discover new artists in festivals in the crowd? Well, what happened was basically, it was on the last day, which is Arctic Monkeys Day. Mm-hmm. And um, my God, do young people like in LA like Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, right. I mean, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like they basically, when the gates opened, these people were running to get to the front. They all like oh. had like five new Arctic Monkeys t-shirts on, and they, <laughs> so they they were right at the front when Nuria Graham came out. And I was oh. like thinking, oh. so she had like um, like a ton of Arctic Monkeys fans yeah, listening to her. Yeah. yeah, you know, like a good I don't know thousand kind of packed quite wow. close. And you could say a lot of Nuria Graham's uh, songs could. Marry yeah. closely to tranquility base kind of vibe, you know, when Alex Turner gets yeah. all romantic and stuff. You know, Nuria's in that kind of mood as well, you know, like especially on that lovely new song. Uh, what's it? I am, I am, a, yes, I am. It's a me, the goldfish. It's me, the goldfish. Oh, the well, she's got saxophone. a new live setup with harp and woodwind, mm. and it's really, really nice. So you were saying, yeah, that, so the people watching her, was it just I- Spanish people in LA or? Well, it was, I'm not quite sure who it was. That was the thing. It was definitely lots of <laughs> Arctic Monkeys fans. And I was thinking, like, oh, this could go badly. Because, you know, sometimes you get people who are just there for the Arctic Monkeys. Everyone else can F off. And if anyone comes on that isn't the Arctic Monkeys, well, we're going to just tell you, know, tell you to go away. <laughs> but people were absolutely screaming for her, literally screaming. Like, and it was quite, and she had, she had like um, a few technical difficulties. And this is like real, like, you know, tester for me like she had technical difficulties she had to stop the last song because something was happening and rather than people like oh good technical difficulties people like screaming going they're like yeah you know and i was like wow and she she went across absolutely incredibly i don't know who it was but it was it was really really good so that's how catalan i am thank mm. you very much you, yeah i you also have saw your nationality back <laughs> thank, thank, you very, thank you very much uh i saw marina herlop who marina yeah it was really good. Again, she she had a few technical difficulties as well. But what she did was basically, you know how like sometimes when artists have technical difficulties, they're like, right now I'm doing it. Almost like almost slightly angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with the she, nerves. Yeah. And she did that. It was like, okay, I have this different. I'm gonna just lean right into it, and I'm just gonna do that, which I really enjoyed. Kind of gave her a massive intensity, oh. and. Not Catalan, but De, Debbie Motoretta's went across really well. Mm-hmm. well. I was so I was laughing at your audio note when you're like Debbie. <laughs> you just sort of swept the, the the name of the band under the rug because it's like very long to pronounce, and even mm-hmm. I get it wrong sometimes. It's like is it Derby's Motoretta or Derby Motoretta's uh, Burrito Cachimba? Anyway, De, yeah, uh, and they're very LA. They're very LA. Yeah, right. You know, they got that kind of Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin vibe to them. Um, which was nice. I tell you, um, one uh, interesting thing. Uh, do you know a band called Machine Girl? Oh uh, no! So I di- I discovered well him recently from seeing that he was on the lineup. What well, what's Machine Girl all about? Um, they're like this sort of industrial mm. death metal fusion. 
I not really my thing. But like it was on Nine Inch Nails days, and Nine Inch Nails fans really liked him. And, and the singer did this brilliant thing. He basically got off stage. And you know how sometimes singers get off stage and go a little bit into the crowd, right? <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> he got off stage and he went like wandering around the whole field. And like the face that the, it was a really nice, beautiful field, and you had these trees on one end, and people like relaxing under the trees, you know, having a very chill sort of Saturday afternoon. And he was like, <laughs> yelping. The trees. And like this massive mosh pit following him around, like following him about <laughs> the whole place. And it was literally like, you know, 100 meters from the stage, bringing the mosh pit with him. And I was like, that, that is absolutely spectacular. The Pied Piper. Explain this thing of the uh, the the under twenty ones uh, and the the over twenty ones. Were they separate, like in pens or pits or something like that? Is it because of the alcohol? Yeah, no. Because it's a, right as I understood it, because it's run by Los Angeles State, the park. Yeah, you cannot have people um, drinking alcohol with under twenty ones. You can't have right. a zone selling alcohol to under twenty ones because like, apparently a lot of US places, if yeah. you're under twenty one, they give you a wristband. Right. Um, and yeah, you just can't, can't drink booze. But like in Coachella, they have like drinking zones, or, yeah. or, you know. And it was basically like that. So, you know, to get into certain areas, you had to have, uh, you had to show your ID. Uh, even I had to show my ID because, yeah, I look under 21. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they gave me a wristband. And when you went into there, you know, you had to wristband them. And the under 21s went to a bit by the side and uh, depending on who you who you wanted to see so on some stages you have like vip general admission over 21 under 21s to the other side depending who you wanted to see sometimes like the under 21 bit had far better atmosphere you know and sometimes it was quite empty so you could go Mm. there so it was absolutely fascinating so which artist had the emptiest under 21 pit oh um I believe Dark Side. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I thought, you know, an under 21 person at Primavera would kind of be tuned into the Dark Side hype. Hmm? Curious. Curious. Well, what I, about, yeah. I have one last, not last question, but I, it's something that I wondered. Like, how is different, like, the, um, I don't know how to say it in English now, El, the um Ambient, yeah. ambiente, um, in a festival here, like Primavera here and Primavera in LA, how is it different? Comparable, like, like the yeah. general scope. Okay, people in LA are very good looking yeah. and very well dressed. Are they? Yes, yes. And they don't get drunk. Yes, uh, from apparently. what I could see, like, I didn't see anyone looking like drunk or, or otherwise. And I went... Also, the, it was a daytime. Maybe if it would have been like into the late hours, like here, maybe you would have seen. Maybe I don't know. But, but they didn't have that culture. I feel like to do things a lot later at night. Like they just don't like it. Which is cool, I guess. But even so, you know, you have people there from you know twelve to um, twelve to eleven at night. You think some people would be quite. Mm. Good. Yeah. But, and I, I walked past the medical tent a couple of times. No one in there. You know, like. Wow. And you're like, whoa, this is this is quite nice. I'm quite, you know, I'm quite pleased that mm-hmm. no one gets sick in America because healthcare is super expensive. <laughs> oh so man, like... I got I had my insurance with me because <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, and what else was I going to say? Oh, you know what people do? What, Ryan? Um, every, everyone's very well dressed, wandering around, yeah. and like you'd be wandering around. I mean, this didn't happen to me, but I heard people and people are like, oh, those boots are lovely. Oh, I love your t-shirt. I was like, yes. oh, like, this is nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're very compliment. They they compliment a lot. It's like, hey, I love. Yeah, yeah. That happened to me when I went years ago. What what was, was it? They complimented you. I had these incredible vintage uh, sh- shorts that were kind of um, 
with palm trees and stuff. And a guy even offered two hundred dollars. Whoa! For I would them. have taken off in the. But they were so nice that I, I didn't want to part from them. And I'm like, damn, this, that would have been an easy because they only cost me like twenty dollars or fifteen dollars or something. But I, and I would have been in my boxer shorts, which I could have gotten away with. If, you know, Uh, but um, yeah, I didn't want. I didn't. You know, I still have them. <laughs> also, I, I, I've got to say that that um, because the, the site was quite small, so you could walk mm -hmm. from one end to the other in 15 minutes, and it was so nice to be able to be like, "Oh, this band's playing, and now other bands playing," and you can be like, "Well, I can be there in two minutes," and you could literally just yeah. like, see so so mm. many things. I mean, I missed a lot of things because I was you know working doing interviews that that kind of thing. Like, I missed a lot of things I wanted to see, <laughs> but I didn't miss. I don't think I missed anything. Maybe James Blake I missed. But like, you know, because I was somewhere and didn't want to move somewhere else. Yeah. It really was like, no, if I want to go over there, I can just go. Like, I didn't see James Blake because I was like, Arctic Monkeys, really good atmosphere. It was really packed. I was like, oh, I'm just, just going to stay so, here. Arctic Monkeys, how was it? I really enjoyed them. But you know what you said about Alex Turner and his monkeys? Yeah. It really is like that. Because he was like, I mean, maybe, okay, from where I was, I could only really see him and the bass player. Yeah. But he's just such a star. Yeah. You know, and he was he was doing all the talking and pe and he looked really good and really well dressed and very kind oh, of yeah. LA and really good. Also, you know what? They played a 90 minute set with some of their great, but they didn't play any of my favorites. But oh. I still really enjoyed it, if that makes sense. It just shows what they've got. Like, they didn't play any of my favorites. Did but they lean heavy into like AM or? No, like no, they just... played like Brian Storm and I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor and things like that. But it, I don't know. I don't know why. Like, I really like their big romantic songs. Like, yes. Um, uh, Cornerstone, like, I really yeah. love that song. No, they, did, they didn't play that. Uh, Fluorescent Adolescent, they didn't play any of those songs. But I still really enjoyed it. I didn't feel myself. It was only afterwards, like, oh, hang on. What about all those, those, those really nice did songs? Did they play 505? Yes. Oh, thank mm. God. If they don't play for Five or Five, I, I want my money back. You know that kind of thing. Well, that song's become like almost their biggest yeah. song, hasn't it? Yeah. I believe it's a TikTok favorite, Malad. Is it? Uh, probably, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love how the algorithm is now flooding me with yeah. like clips of Alex Turner just owning <laughs> it and his panache and his style. I love him. Oh God, But FOMO. I, I, what was weird is like sometimes, sometimes they'd be very LA and then they'd like sing a song about like going out in Sheffield and dancing. <laughs> and you're like, what, what, what do, what do people in LA make of this? <laughs> what, why, why are you enjoying it? I didn't, I didn't get it. But it was they are. I mean, they are rock stars of the highest order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, right. Um, oh, and I was with someone who who said to me, uh, "Oh God, I've forgotten her name. What's the name of uh, Kanye's ex-girlfriend?" There's a lot. What? No, no, no. The, Amber the, Rose. Oh, the more uh, Amber one. Rose. The one no, with the Julia head. Fox. You Julia Fox. You met Julia. <laughs> I'm no, gonna faint now. No, 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 no. This, no, no. this is the problem. Basically, like I was with someone, and. Uh, he was like, ah, okay, okay, he was a bit drunk, actually, that's true. <laughs> um, and he was like, ah, that's Julia Fox over there. And she's got like someone, you know, like following and making content. And I was like, really? Because I was on the lookout for celebs. And I was kind of looked over and it's like, someone did look a lot like Julia Fox. And then like, she came a lot nearer to me. I was like, oh, no, that's not Julia Fox. Maybe she was drunk. someone also like famous. Oh, Ben, you should, I should have made you like a guide of famous people you could potentially see. Like, and you could have like a, a, a cheat. Yes, like, like in The Devil Wears Prada when, when, yeah. when Anne Hathaway has to follow uh, Miranda, uh, Meryl Streep telling her this is the ambassador for the, you know, like, oh, and, and she's got the photos exactly. that she's been studying. Exactly, I should have made that, damn it. You should I have gone you with them. a lot of people. We should have sent you as well, just to correct. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Salseo, give us the, who, what, what's this But about the Stranger Things cast? You you wouldn't be able to tell a lot of like micro niche celebrities. Well, this is the thing, like, okay, ever so often there'd be there'd be sort of, 
because you know how they had like the Primrose Sound letters, the kind of classic mm-hmm. ones. They had them over a bridge, and it was it was quite beautiful. It was like you, you could see like LA in the background. Anyway, so lots of people were taking pictures there, and at one point, well, for quite often they had um, photographers there taking pictures of people like with, with those letters, and I couldn't like I got a feeling a lot of them were sort of influencer types, but yeah. I had no idea who they were. So, so nah, I want real celebrities, people who are actually making movies and series that we watch. Uh, Travis Scott, people said was going to come, but I don't think he did in the end. I don't. I, and Travis so, Scott, like not like, playing in the festival, but as a like audience, as an audience man. member. That's what they said, but I don't think he. I don't know if he if he came up in the end. Somebody else mentioned there's someone from the new series of the Kardashians, but not a Kardashian. <gasps> Not Kardashian, <laughs> but like someone from the news. Okay. Well, we saw one of our Addison colleagues Ray? from... Maybe Addison... No, I, I, think Addison. I, I think Addison Ray was in New York, so no. Because it was New York Fashion Week, wasn't it, at yeah. the same time? So a lot, a lot of the of celebrities, major celebrities yeah. were in New York doing their thing. Um, but what's this about Stranger Things? What, was there... Like, someone on the Slack was saying that you were... Oh, upset. no, just like, like basically um, all of the young people look like they're in Stranger Things. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> like I was speaking, like again, people, people were really, really nice. And like um, the first, the first day, like almost the first band that was playing Divino Nino. Yeah, I was sat down, sort of watching it, sheltering from the sun. And like there was this bloke next to me, and he's like, I just thought, oh, my God, you look exactly like some of the strange things. Like you know, like young person, really mm-hmm. good looking kind of bloke, and dressed in a very like eighties fashion. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, you! And I was sort of like, I was sort of looking at him, and like I was like. Oh no, you're not actually one of the people from Stranger Things, but you really, really, really could be. Um, and he, he was like, "Hey, hey, have you seen the band before? Yeah, I saw them." Blah blah. And then like we had a bit of a conversation, and uh, he was very nice indeed, but not from Stranger Things. I don't <laughs> but like they, they all, they are, that's what I mean. Like sickeningly, sickeningly good looking, mm-hmm. really healthy, really, yeah. really healthy, um, and uh, very well dressed with eighties, a kind of very big thing. Oh, and do you remember Health Goth? Health Goth. Health goth. What was health goth? It was a fashion trend of a few years ago where people basically basically looked like healthy goths. <laughs> <laughs> you must know health goth. I, I that skipped me, and I and usually I, I tune into anything that has to do with goth, but I n- no what like muscly kind of Ronnie James Dio looking goths or. Uh, oh, it was 2014. I thought it was more recent. Um, somewhere in between, I'm reading in between normcore, cyberpunk, goth, and sportswear chic exists the possibly real trend known as health goth. Can't believe you've not heard of health goth. Anyway, and that, it was happening who would be like there? The f- like people were well, people looked goth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nine inch nails, nine inch nails. But wait, goth okay. or that kind of Richie Horton, like all dressed in black. I love techno, but and I love eating sushi kind of look. Because <laughs> there's that, that there's that kind of uh, edgy LA uh, kind of person, which yeah goes for no, that. Quite quite goth. If you can imagine, like very well dressed Nine Inch Nails, like lots of people in like black rubber and that 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 kind what? of thing. But like you know how like goths can look and intentionally a little bit sleazy sometimes a little bit you know uh there, there was none of that it's like very very healthy if you can imagine that uh-huh. it's like yeah i'm wearing like a um i'm wearing like a leather corset torn at the edges but i could still you know like do 100 press-ups or something like yeah. that, that kind of look oh you know who else i saw really really amused me mayhem do you know mayhem 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 oh yeah 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 i, I love that your little musings on sacrificing goats in in the warm la sun sunrise <laughs> sun, 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 um was that was that an incredibly visceral show Oh, it was amazing. Like, it was, you know, four middle-aged 
blokes, well, more than middle-aged, like two of them dressed up in like skull paint and that thing. And one of them literally had a skull with him and this thing made of bones, just playing this incredible death metal. And you'd be like, whoa, I'm really, really into this. And then you'd sort of look up and they're like this beautiful blue sky and palm mm-hmm. trees. You'd be like, oh, it's, it's, just, it's nice. And, like, and it was like the most incongruous kind of setup. And I, I, like you're just looking at me like, aren't you sweating quite a lot in that? <laughs> you know? But I really enjoyed it. That's, that's, I think, that's a primary thing for me, seeing a bit of death metal. I really like it, basically. Yeah, death metal in the sunshine. What a shame they didn't put them on. Oh, but it's because there wasn't really much darkness. No, no, no. At the I festival mean, was there to it? Like the, 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 it ended at eleven. It wouldn't. No, most nights. Uh, it ended at ten the last 10? night. Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On the Sunday, so Incredible. so there. So and you know it's still kind of uh, no. It, it it gets dark late uh, still in this month of September, even in LA. Well, but literally only the headliners would be playing in the dark. Everyone else would be kind of in in the nice. Wow. Right. Bright sunshine. And, and that was one thing, like, the, the dance stage wasn't that well attended because uh. there was really, really good music on it, but it was like, you know, three in the afternoon. John yeah. Talabot, did you manage to see Talabot? I did, um, and again, it was the same kind of thing. It was like, oh, this is really good, but it's, you know, it's three in the afternoon. I'm tired. Oh, do you yeah. know how I love the world? Georgia. Do you know Georgia? Oh, Georgia. She's so mm. good. Imagine, right? And it's still her on her own playing every instrument, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah, like battering one of the drums, like playing the keyboard, and just when you think she can't do anything, she straps on a guitar and plays a guitar. She's been working with Rostam. Ah, she debuted a new song in, uh, that she did in, in LA with Rostam. Rostam Bakmangli. Fantastic. Wow. Really enjoyed her. What a good pairing. Georgia and Rostam. Look forward to hearing... I, I imagine she... No, because her, her album's... Her last album was from 2020, wasn't it? So she should be yeah following up. She's soon. she's been living in LA and um, and uh, working with Rostam and um, apparently it's going to be it's going to be really good. I'll, I'll make Daniel Hall played as well. Ah! Of course. I mean, and how did his set go down with the people? There, there were people just there to see Daniel Hall, right? I reckon. And they were dressed like, you know, classic sort of candy ravers. You know what I mean by candy ravers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, really going for it. And he's just sort of, there, there were those people really into it. And there were other people who came over from Nine Inch Nails. And the people who came from Nine Inch Nails, I have no idea what they were thinking. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, he played like, his first song was a French language version of On a Mountain. Um, from oh, that, yeah. he went into a hardcore version of Eiffel uh, 65's Blue. And you're just like, okay, I'm in, I'm in for this. And um, But you can imagine if you're a sort of, fairly serious Nine Inch Nails fan you hear someone's like battering out nine, um, Blue uh, by 465 you might be thinking well, what, this isn't the dark overlord that I'm, that I'm looking for but he was <laughs> great again um, and I didn't ask for an interview with him this time because I thought he's, he's probably, probably had enough for me so <laughs> Aww. oh but he would have loved seeing you like on, in another part of the world I think I think people enjoy that I'm still I'm still stuck looking at health goth. There's an incredible photo of Obama like coming out of some store just all in like sports sporty black clothes and it's like I want to copy this look. I'm going health goth, I think. <laughs> so I've got I've got a lot of interviews to bring to bring you all. So who did you interview? Uh hang on. I saw a photo of you with Chai which now I'm Chai. super jealous. Um Amelon Sniffers, Big <gasps> Chai, Divino Nino, Dry Cleaning, Georgia, Sherelle, Special Interest. Oh, do you know what I did with Dry Cleaning? What? Right, I oh. love... Yeah, you told yeah. me. Yeah. I love Dry Cleaning, one of my very favourite bands. I absolutely love them. And it was my last... I'd had like quite a long day. I had four interviews and various kind of things. So I was a bit... Like, I was a bit um, tired and, and, and a bit stressed for various, various sort of 
reasons. I had one interview that came in just at the last minute. Anyway, so I got to like dry clean. And like dry clean are probably, of all the bands I interviewed, the one I know best, right? The one yeah. I, I, you know, listen to absolutely loads and, and a big fan. I like them all, but like dry clean, I really love. Got the new album, I think it's fantastic. And I was like sort of, sort of going, oh, you know, I really like your new album, yaddy yaddy. I was really pleased to speak to you. Oh, and I'd interviewed them before and I was like talking about that. <laughs> sat, sat down. And I go, turn the microphone, like, hi, we're here with wet leg. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did they laugh? Did they, they find all, it funny? They or like... all laughed. And like, there's a moment where I could have styled it out. I would just leave the room. It would be... But do, but do you know what? They, they were really amused. And like, I, I could have styled it out, but I was so, so like... I think you should have pretended you were one of those interviewers who is kind of a comedian too, like a Nathan Fielder kind of dude, and be like super weird the rest of the interview. Uh, that I, would I, have unfortunately, saved I didn't. It. I just went, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, very, uh, but are they, are they a nice lot or are they as deadpan as they when they sing? They are absolutely lovely. Lovely, absolutely right? the nicest people. And you didn't interview them in Barcelona when they came up, remember? No. No, oh. but I did by Zoom a long time ago. That's it, yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have time for on this episode on this of the weekly review. It was obviously going to be heavily focused on Primavera Sound LA. I'm very brokenhearted that we didn't get let Mar tell us all this lovely stuff that she'd prepared on on, on yeah. what's been happening in Celebrity Land this week. We need to... We need to ah, um, can we save it for next week? Or will next week I'll have a lot more news because celebrities can stop making weird things. Exactly. And plus, you know, we had to talk about Rena's How I Am and that. So, you know, the, we can't have it all. This was the Weekly Review. Thank you for listening. Marvai Verdu, Ben Cardew, Johan Wald at the table, produced by Rob Roman. Enjoy. I caught a jet to show up at the Met Gala. He came to meet me, rich and freaky. Sucked on my clit, now he asked me to pee pee. Go to shower, these niggas 24 cabins in the grill. Got the splurge on your boyfriend, about to take what's in the grill. Since your birthday, eating my pussy, all you was in the field. Got more money than all these niggas put together for real. You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Cupra.